With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of I Dig Your Soul Podcast with your host, Nadia Khalil. Today is the 14th of June. It's a Monday morning, the start of a new week. I always feel like this fresh new week, and we're going to go through a huge heat wave. And today i got to go to an area that I think may be over 100 degrees. I'm not sure, but I think we may be right there. So here we go. But today, I'm answering a question that, Francis asked on Friday's Ask Nadia show, and I did not even realize that this was from the Bible. But do not be deceived. And many different references to it, like eight different Bible verses about warnings against deception. And I remember when I saw it, at first I thought, okay, I'll answer it on the show. And I thought, no, 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 no. This needs like a whole deal. Because I realized that it wasn't that I heard it. The bigger deal to me was that I didn't hear it. And I thought to myself, why didn't I hear that? And then I remembered Christ telling me about you know, there was no sin and there was no this. And I thought, but what about the people who do this? And what about the people who do that? And I was really, you know, upset. And and he said, no, no, there's only original love and injured love and all of these things. So when we deal with each other and there's deception, a lot of time, most of the time, we know something's wrong. We just don't know what's wrong. But we know something's wrong. So how do you not be deceived? Because we can be deceived on a huge level and not know it. Or know something's wrong and then you have people who complain and then people who are for it and against it. And it goes into that world. People using God as a reason. Fear, doubt, worry, control, and guilt in saying that's from God. So I I was really taken aback because I thought, why didn't he say it to me? And then I thought about everything else Christ didn't say. 
anything that brought about fear, doubt, worry, control, guilt. It was never about fearing anything or worrying about anything. It was about trusting what we know is right and then finding out through lessons what isn't. Until you've deceived on many different levels, whether it starts at a whole group of people being deceived to, you know, your child trying to get away with and sowing their oats on how they're going to live and you correcting that is part of all of this. How can you do not be deceived? Because the whole thing about deception, the whole thing about deception is that we don't know. So I I read things like, you know, or you do not, or do you not know that the righteous, unrighteousness will not inherit the kingdom of God? I never hear, hear or heard things like that. I never heard about inheritance. I never heard all that, that world of fear. Christ never even talked about it. All Christ addressed was love. Now, he uncovered deception and would tell me, he showed me in every way possible, in every way possible, he showed me deception. Whether it was self-deception, whether it was intentional, being deceived, whether it was financial, whether it was political. He showed it to me one example at a time, what it looks like. And anybody, anybody who's hit 30, maybe even sooner or older, knows when something is wrong and also has enough experience to not fall into that trap again, at least for what they've had experience in. Eight warnings in in the Bible, they all go back to God is not mocked for whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. Because for whatever we do, we get experiences to work ourselves out of it. Mocking God, using God. Deception, trying to be what we're not, say what we're not. Being misled. As I read these things, I thought to myself, I could just see... You know, back in the days when I was visiting all the churches, I could hear these words about everything we shouldn't do. I mean, it starts from the beginning and it just keeps going for an hour, sometimes two, depending on where I've been. 
And here's Liam saying, I think the biblical references may have alluded to Satan and the devil and heaven and hell, but we're past that. That's part of it because people say that about me, that I'm saying I saw Christ, but really I'm the devil. And I thought, well, if I'm the devil, that's a pretty high standard for the devil because I'm not deceiving anybody. I don't have a reason to. I don't have a motive, as they say, like, you know, in a murder case, do you have a motive? I don't have a motive. The only deception is probably what we've been taught about hell. Because our fear of it has caused us to do some really crazy things. You know, there's that thing in us that the minute they say, don't do this, We want to try it. We want to find out why. Yeah, that's exactly, um, Francis writes, actually was talking about the Antichrist. Yes. And we can be deceived. But can we? The wick between us and God doesn't even exist. We are a part of God, every single one of us. And what happens to us when we get here, how we entered, who we entered to, how we were treated, the experiences we have had, shape and form us. And we do and we can tell because why would anyone need us to believe that they are God when nobody can be? And we have we have learned these things. We we not only learn them, we are now living them. People are careful to say things like that if they do it all anymore. I haven't heard of like a cultish type or a place where somebody is declaring that they're God in this time in our history. There's a lot of You know, things like, you know, be not deceived. God is mocked. And we should, should, should do this, should know that, should try to get away. Defining God. Overriding God's plans and arrangements. And the fact that that's put in our minds. All I go back to is if something doesn't come from love, and this is what Christ told me, it is not from God. Which is why when we read, there's things that we love and we take with us and we go along in life. And then there's things that we read and we feel fear. We feel like, what if I do that? What if I am that? And we have nowhere to go because who are we going to tell that we think we're going against what we're reading religiously? And then mocking, mocking God and calling that a grave sin. And then I'm going to quote, and it is more grave to the extent that more respect is due to the person who is being mocked. 
This is why it is most grievous to mock God in the things of God. And I have to say, I have not heard these things throughout my life. And when I read them, I start to feel like I'm lost in the sea of a world I cannot trust because I don't know who is who and why and what their motives are and why they're telling me. And it just takes me into a whole different realm of anxious feelings. It just does it because I never heard it. I think one of the things that actually (laughs) calmed my entire life down, my entire existence, how I think, how I feel, was not hearing stuff like this and knowing that when I do, that it's it's not, I'm not going to take it away from people who believe it and want it and need it. But it was the exact same type of language, type of fear, type of beware, beware, beware. Everywhere you go, you spend your whole life being, you know, scared of. I didn't know why I I loved God so much just naturally without anybody talking to me about God. And then that day I went to that church with my friend at Vacation Bible School. I came home scared to death about all the stuff that could happen. And then will I be rewarded? Will I go to heaven or not? And I thought, that just doesn't feel right. Troubled, and every night before I slept, I was scared. And every time we got in the car, I was scared we'd get in an accident. And I would die, and would I go to heaven? Or I'd go home, and if I'm sleeping, will my house burn down? Will I go to heaven? And all of these feelings that I never, ever had before were now running my life I got to know how bad a lie was by lying and getting my brother in trouble and then realizing how ugly it felt to lie and the trouble that I got in shook me for the rest of my life that was my lesson So I said, but, you know, what do we do? What do we do? Christ never said to me, do not do anything. But the thing about not doing to others what you wouldn't want done to you is a very good guideline. The fact that we're born, and if we never heard of a lie, when we lie, we don't feel good. We know it's not a good thing to lie. Truth is instinct. Everything goes back to truth, love, and purity. And when those are injured, our reactions to those injuries are what we see play out. What we see play out in life all day long. People who need power, who need to control, who need to have their will put on other people, and they need to have other people listen to them, do what they want. 
We get these fear things like, you know, oh, God will be upset with you. It's not that God is upset or not. We are here. There is duality here. There is injury here. But there's also healing, also learning. And when we are deceived from the very top, that deception, negative begets negative, we will have negative outcomes in our world between each other, to ourselves, and when we tell the truth, positive begets positive. That's real, not deception. If we had somebody who was running a country and said, hey, guys, we're all in this together, all these legislature people and all these people in, in this house and all these people in that house, whatever house it is, whether it's in our country or not. When they really are doing right by the people, the whole country is a better country. And when they are deceiving us, they cause division among us, divide and conquer. It's the oldest trick in the book. Because it's a trick. It's a game. And Christ said, there is no gain based on truth. And Liam writes, the word deceive or deceived aren't even in origins of truth. The word deception is quoted seven times in origins of truth, but there's no fear-based speakings from Christ. I had to learn deception because once I learned it, I could visually see it. I could emotionally feel it. My body, my I still remember, and I call it, in, in, I don't feel it as much because I'm not around it as much. I basically had to clean my life of most of it was my elbows would go weak. I would get this feeling like, oh, like, you know, almost like a danger sign. Like a danger sign. But now, a few weeks ago, I had a panic attack for the first time in my life. But it wasn't because I was being deceived. It was because my warning signs went off to tell me that I needed to stop and reassess. And that was like, I hate to say this in this way because I'm not taking away from my the panic attack that I had, but it it was probably the best turning point I've had in a few years. Because all it is is your body saying, hey, 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 come here, come here. Stop. And because that's real, because it's something I can do something with, and positive came out of it, I knew that the action itself had to be positive. We've been taught to get scared of stuff like that. But anything that is real... We have a next step to. Anything that isn't takes us further down that rabbit hole. Words like grave sins, and you'll go to hell, and you'll burn. I remember my mom telling me once she just wanted to scare me from doing whatever it was she was scared I would do, and, 
you know, have a bad reputation in our community and it probably just part of me wanting my own life or wanting to have a boyfriend and not have to lie about it. And I just didn't want to lie. And I got in so much trouble for telling the truth when earlier on in my life I was getting in trouble for lying. Because now the truth did not serve the community well, but that told me something I did not even realize until right now while I'm talking to you. I told my mom when I was 12 years old there was no way I was going to be able to live in that community as an adult because there was so much lying going on. Because everybody portrayed perfect, and yet we would hear these stories like where all hell just broke loose in someone's household. And I'd be like, are those the same people you're comparing me to by the standards I have to live by? And I'd be told over and over again how important my reputation was. It was more important than my life. Because at the top, whatever they were asking of this community and how they were supposed to live was a lie. No one could live like that. The first poem I wrote, the very first one that kicked all of this writing off, I wrote while I was crying the very day I found out I was getting divorced and I knew I was really getting divorced. I remember telling my my husband to take the kids with him to the barbecue we were invited to. And I laid on that couch and cried and wrote. And the poem I wrote was I took a girl in my situation from when the sperm and the egg united until she repeated the same thing with her daughter as a mother. And then I thought, well, if we're coming here to fill a slot and do what everybody wants from us, whoever these everybodies are, why are we even here? If we can come here and not be allowed to live our lives. Why are we here? And the kicker is, that lesson is still being taught to me till this very day. I went through watching all the people I had to live for die. They're all gone. So now what do I do? And we've talked about this. And as a result of that, I allowed my kids to live their lives and learn their lessons. Not me learn their lessons and put fear in them that they better not mess up because of me, because what if I die? Them to feel empowered. So they were raised with someone who just wanted things to be real around them. True. I never told them the devil would do anything to them or they would never go to heaven. And no surprise, I have two kids who love life 
And when something's wrong, they can see it because they know what it feels like when something isn't wrong, something isn't off, when something isn't scary, when something doesn't make them feel bad. So if somebody's ever mocking God, they feel like, what are they talking about? What the heck is that? They're so far away from that thinking that when they hear it, it like hits a wall and just bounces off of them. It's just so interesting that positive begets positive and negative begets negative. When you start hearing the for he who fill in the blank does this, does that, You, you better not be deceived. But if you are, it's okay. Because the other person's going to be the one that gets in trouble. Somebody's always getting in trouble. When somebody brings trouble to the table... Somebody brought trouble to them because negative begets negative. And we start seeing things on the street. We hear them in the news and we're like, oh, my God, look what they did. Oh, my God, look what they did. Yeah, look what they did. That means something's wrong in the whole picture, not just here. Because for it to trickle down, are our families not being nurtured? Do we not have the tools to raise our families? What's wrong? We need to start at the bottom. And that takes me to one of the things that Christ told me in the beginning is start with the young. Start with the young. Because the older people are already set. Their injuries already set them in motion. They either are learning and healing or they are fighting and claiming what they believe should be theirs. What they believe they should get because they've been hurt. They start trying to possess people, possess things, possess this, possess that because... There's nowhere else for them to go. They're not going to address their pain, so their pain is going to run the show. Negative begets negative. And people who are seeking, they try to be super calm because they can't get mad if they're seeking. You know, you, you do get mad. You do get upset. It's just how you deal with those things is different Because you're coming from a place of wanting to deal with things. Positive begets positive. We do reap what we sow. We had an example, one after the other, of somebody saying things that are completely ridiculous and other people believing them. And we see where it's going. It's still going. We're still watching. We're still throughout history because of the self-motivation 
that's bigger than the person who's putting that out is. It's an amazing, amazing discussion of a basic human reaction that is instinctive in us. We talk about instinct all the time. Christ talks about instinct all the time is our compass. So when you start out saying good and clean and clear in your own mind and heart, that's the feeling, the energy you will exchange with in the world and that's what you will find. And when it's fear, that's what you will find. You guys, my time is already up. Francis, thank you so much for the question. I hope I answered it. Please have a great day, a happy Monday. Start the week off on a good note. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the I Dig Your Soul podcast. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.